Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. We're here for a Garden Report, um, and uh, we're sorry for confusion over the time. We might have uh, put it in as 8, but in our minds, it was 8.30. Bobby had a basketball game. Bobby couldn't go to the basketball game because he was thrown off the team after his last basketball game. Um, <laughs> but but he, he didn't he didn't find that out. Until I was just... waiting for someone to say something at the press today. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, anyway, we're here, uh, and we are doing a Garden Report reacting to Jalen Brown, reacting to his contract extension. Not much changed in terms of the news. We have, obviously, a clear picture of what this contract entails, Bobby. And, you know, after a day or two to marinate – We'll do a couple of things. We'll go over some of the stuff that Jalen said today. Um, but again, I didn't think there's anything here that's revealing or anything that we can kind of, you know, dissect or extrapolate from. Uh, you know, he's obviously grateful. I think he definitely feels humbled by it. I think he definitely feels kind of a little bit the pressure of expectations that will be coming along with a contract of this size. And that's something that we've talked about. We'll talk about as well. Uh, we uh, also heard from Joe Mazzula who kind of talked about new identity of the team. And again, not much has changed because the team still remains intact from the last time we heard from Joe after the Kristaps Porzingis presser. Um, so this is what we've got. But you've got Jalen. You've got soon-to-be Jason under a Supermax and Porzingis under contract at his 30-plus million. And you got a lot of money tied up to very few players and things are going to get interesting and tricky. But again, we know all of this. So a um, couple days to marinate on all of it, Bobby. Anything change for you in terms of your thinking about the deal? Uh, or uh, anything that was said today that kind of made you think, ah, you know, okay, I, I, I can see that. I'm, I'm thinking of it this way. Uh, not much. I, I, if anything, I like it better. Ooh. The tone, the tone of the press conference surprised me a little bit because every time we've heard from Jalen over the last year plus, there's been pause, there's been apprehension, there's been issues with the situation. Did you freeze? There's, you got me now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're good. Keep going. There's it's been issues with the situation yep. and the city and all the rest. Today, he sounded so invested and bought in and embracing, of course, all the off-the-court responsibilities that he's going to continue to lean into, but also the pressure and expectations on the court here. And he didn't hear any of the groaning or – I'm sacrificing and this and that. None of that. Like, he sounded happy to be here. On top of that, 
thrilled with what they did over the offseason. Even though it was sad to see Marcus Smart go, I thought the key line was not all change is bad, and he seems to love Porzingis there. So I liked a lot of what I heard today. I thought the event was really cool. It was a nice idea to do it at his you know education event there, and they, they had the crowd, and everyone was clapping, everything like that. It had some gravitas to it. He definitely had a real presence to him, you know, especially – and uh, given what the environment he's in here and all some of the stuff he talked about, yeah, I mean, all of that impressive. stuff is really cool. Um, yeah. and like, there's nothing, no matter what, you know, we can talk about Jalen Brown and is he worth the money? Can he dribble with his left hand? You know, can he pass the ball? None of that has anything to do with that other stuff, which is really impressive. Um, and it was a big part of today's press conference, both because of the setting, uh, you know, being done here at an event. Uh, with kids over at MIT uh, and just how much focus he's putting into that and the, uh, you know, the pay gap, uh, which is a big, big, uh, you know, issue of his that he keeps drawing attention to and just making, you know, things easier and better for those who uh, need a leg up. So, I mean, really, really good stuff with that and a really kind of cool setting for the press conference for sure. So, you know, all of that stuff is great. And they talked a lot about it at the press conference, how that's like important. Wick even said it was part of the negotiation process about how the Celtics are going to help him. He even talked about one of the questions, Bobby, was now that you've got a buttload of money, like what are you going <laughs> to do with it? And like and part of it's like, yeah, I got to think about that because I really do now have to figure out how I'm going to invest both my time and money into some of the things I've been doing and where it's really important. So it's definitely at the forefront of his mind. Yeah, and I think it adds to – a growing belief I have that he's pretty invested in this situation and this team here and uh, in this whole situation's future. And I think what encouraged me most probably was his positive assessment of the negotiations because I asked him, you know, how do you, how'd this go? It took a long time and things were pretty deliberate. How'd you come out of this feeling? And I think he gave a pretty honest answer that like, you know, things get funky with the money sometimes and, you know, things can get a little tense on that front. But overall, he enjoyed the conversations, thought, you know, both sides came out of it with things they wanted and had a similar feeling to me that this is an overall pretty fair deal here. Now, again, I don't know if today's going to pacify the people who look at the $300 million and are just like shocked falling over and saying like, whoa, like Jalen's about to make $60 million a year. I get it because it is a little bit of a sticker shock when you look at it and just how much of the cap he's going to take up and yeah. how much pressure yeah. as, as there was, you know, talked about today is on his shoulders, given that he's making this much money. Now, you know how it goes, John, like it, we saw it with Horford. We saw it with Hayward. When guys start making this much money, the expectations and the reaction, it changes, right? Change, yeah. The amount of what's so funny. And yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned Horford. Um, he's a great example, right? Because that was a big coup for the Celtics, right? That was a big, big, big Celtics. We hadn't had, you know, Celtics fans hadn't had a free agent bat their eye at them ever, you know? And you got a big one. And granted, he wasn't a capital, you know, A, you know, you know, A1 megastar. But he was an all-star caliber player that picked Boston. And that was a big, big deal. But because he got paid... And because he came in and there was all this, you know, 
you know, uh, you know, so much, you know, fanfare about the fact that he signed here and chose Boston. He was immediately being, uh, you know, picked apart. You have like Lou, Lou Merloni on the radio with the average Al stuff. And that, that, you know, that, that carried for, but a lot of people felt that way. They're like, Hey, this we're guy, too. paid 30 million for this guy. He's scoring 12 points a game, 12.7 rebounds. What are we, what are we doing here? So yeah, the expectations are huge. Like where does Brown go from here? And, and the, so I have thoughts on this because it is kind of interesting, but let's first hear a little bit from Brown. This is Brown at the press conference today talking about the pressure that accompanies signing what is now the richest deal in NBA history. The attention on you is going to be magnified. Uh, I think I look at life as stages and degrees and everything that I kind of went through throughout my career has kind of prepared me for each stage. So I think like all the, the life circumstances, the experiences I've had through this organization, experiences I had in the community have all prepared me greatly to be in this spot. You know, I don't, I don't shy away from pressure. You know, I know what the demand is. I know what the expectation level is. And I know the work that is required. Everything about me is about work. Um, so I look at it as just another challenge to get better, another challenge to improve. I don't think nobody has seen my best yet. Um, and so God willing, I'll be able to put my best foot forward and do what I do best. So you hear that, and again, good answer. Um, but the question people have asked, and I think this is a fair one, Bobby, will he feel he has to do more to earn it than what he's done? Because that runs counter to what I think he and even Jason Tatum need to do to make their games, uh, to, to take their games to the next level, and that's actually do less. Less in terms of less uh, you know, emphasis on needing to be the guy needing to get every bucket, needing to have the ball in their hands, and more the little things and involving teammates and other things like that. You know, I've always said the best version of Brown and Tatum are going to be the guys that come down to 16, 17, 18 shots a game instead of guys who are jacking 20, 21, 22 shots a game. Uh, and that's going to be better for them and I think better for the team. You've now brought in a legit number three option that's going to need their shots as well. Not yeah. because they're owed it because of their name, but just because that's how the offense is going to flow. If you're going to have balance and you're going to have other threats on the floor, you got to share the wealth a little bit here. So is Brown going to try to do too much or is he going to embrace what he needs to do to actually get better? He'll have to embrace doing what he needs to, especially in this dynamic with three stars. I don't think there's room for him to do more because there's another mouth to feed here. It's going to be about connecting and winning, of course, too, because I don't think any numbers he puts up at this point will enamor people. And I don't think any individual accomplishments this year will have Celtics fans excited, especially now that he earned the contract here. And I do think that probably takes some pressure off his shoulder to produce individually at that highest level, because when it comes to the All-Stars, when it comes to the All-NBA, we know it matters to these guys. And when it comes to those crucial stretches in deciding those, you do see guys play a little differently to try to achieve those. So now that you know Tatum earned his All-NBA, his Supermax last year by making All-NBA, Brown, same deal, Porzingis got his extension. So money and those ancillary achievements shouldn't matter as much this year. And you didn't hear a ton of it today because I think the focus was on Brown and you know his future and all the off-the-court stuff we mentioned at the top. But there are questions coming into this year about how those three will coexist offensively. The shot totals, 
the roles, yeah. the ball time, where they're standing on the court. I keep saying, I wrote it this week, Brown's going to have to stand in the corner a little bit again. And I don't mean that in a negative way. He's really good at taking corner threes, and Porzingis is going to be a guy Though playing in the middle catch of the and court. Shoot. His catch-and-shoot numbers did go down a good bit last year. Well, he didn't take many corner threes last yeah. year. so he's Just generally speaking, his off-ball numbers for a player that needs to play a little bit off the ball were not excellent. And, yeah. and I know standing in the corner is like, you know, what you're supposed to do in today's NBA, but I really think he could benefit a little bit from a little bit a little bit more off-ball movement. Um, yeah. Well, that's – yeah, that's going to be key for all of these guys. Tatum, too. Yeah. They're going to have to move to make this work. And, you know, I've, I've started going through the Porzingis film. Like, they were running a lot of movement offense in his past stop, specifically Dallas, to get him involved and active and keep the other guys involved too. Uh, I think this might look a little stagnant if all of these guys are just kind of taking turns, taking shots and isolating, which, you know, that's their games. We've talked it, it about is. it. But forget forget the style. It's a diff- that's, that's a different story. My, yeah, my, my, my question ball. is this. It's not the style. It's – it's going back to that Horford thing. Um, just Jalen, Jalen's a guy who's already been a little bit, his ears are up, you know, yeah. the, the disrespect, the sacrifice, you know, what people are saying, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody in the chat saying, be nice to Jalen. I got, I got news for you guys. The you're going to treat $60 million Jalen different than you treated $30 million. Jaylen. Right. And back to his comment. I don't know if he realizes that. Like, he's like, I know I've been through it. I got the experience. Everything I've done so far has led yeah. me up to this point, but I don't think he realized how different it's going to be. It's different. And I'm telling you, fans are going to treat Jalen differently. If he's not, if the seven turnover games are going to be like, what did we pay this guy for? You know what I mean? Is like because it's a massive investment and you're choosing, and I'm not saying it's the wrong move, it was the right move because I think it was the only move. But that you're by paying Brown this, you've made that you're choosing him over a more com- a, a, a team of more complementary players. And if he's not doing a little bit of everything that you need for the team, and if he has these games or he disappears or he, you know, goes through these stretches. Every player does, but now you've got the weight of a $60 million contract hanging around your, you know, and so it's harder to do that. It's harder to do that. Yeah, for sure. And it happened retroactively already. I think the conversation on Brown already changed based on these finals and people preparing to see him make this money. I think people jumped off or some, you know, fans jumped off the bandwagon. I think the conversation changed a lot on Jalen, Bobby. I really do. And it's and it's fair or not fair. I think it did, and I think the conversation would have changed on Tatum too if they got swept by well, Miami. Think of this too. I mean, this caused the stir because uh, it got aggregated. But Zach Lowe was yeah. talking to people around the league and was saying they're about to pay the third, fourth, fifth best player on the team this money. You know, looking at the analytics, and we've talked about that for a while, John. How bad the analytics look on him. It shocked me when I was, you know, coming up with my all NBA list just how bad his analytics look compared to the field here. Yeah, you can't. It's going to be different, and you know we'll get to the X's and O's closer to camp. But you can't have another year here where he's in the twenty-first percentile of on-off rating. Like your impact just has to be greater and wider. Because as you've talked a lot about, John, great scorer, he's become brilliant in that aspect. But the defense slipped over the last two years. The passing certainly remains a challenge, and the turnovers came back to haunt him in a big way in the East finals here. And that just can't happen when you're a bigger percentage of the cap, because as time goes on here, 
we can talk about that in a little bit too, John, there'll be more responsibility placed on his plate because fewer of his talented teammates will be here. Just because yeah. of how much money he and Tatum are making, we'll see what they do with Porzingis over the next couple of years here. Uh, but they have like a one, two year window here where this team's financially viable. And uh, after that, almost everything's going to be on Brown and Tatum's plate. And it's yeah. just going to be a less talented team around them. And that's the problem is, which means those guys have to do more, which means right. like, that's the thing is like, you know, this is the, this is the excuse making that's been made along the way. Every time these guys don't have what's considered to be a good enough roster around them, you know, through going back to three years ago, it's about the players around them. Then when they do it's well, they're still early in their development. Like you're out of those now you're in, you're, <laughs> you're, you're out of them. You know, you're seven, you're six and seven in the league with, uh, you know, uh, talent everywhere. And granted, not the deepest, deepest roster, but again, one through seven, you, you, you can do anything with that lineup. Well, this is how people feel about this because you've got a two year window to prove that you can do it. You can coexist with Jason Tatum and you guys are enough. Okay. Yeah. There's no more. Well, they need a true point guard. You can't, your wish list is, is tear up your wish lists. You get nothing. Like, if you like Brown on this team, if you like Brown and Tatum together, this is your team. You can't build a better team. You can't. It's impossible. So don't say if they only this, if they only that. The only way you get that other thing is by trading Jalen Brown in a year. So this is your team now. You wanted it. You got it. It's up to them to deliver. If they don't, yes, absolutely. Somebody's on, Somebody's moving in two years. You know, that's that's happening. It's So that's what's interesting about this is, if they do it, freaking great. Especially you win one, you win two championships. Great. Who cares about your five of the deal, you know, or if they, you know, aren't, can't feel the roster around these guys a few years from now. That doesn't matter at all. But they falter. Yes, there's a change coming because this team isn't good enough and won't be good enough because you can't make it better anymore. You can't. That's yeah. it. And we talked about it. It will be tough to move this deal. It will be. Given I don't know about that. I, I, changed, I I've changed my thinking a little bit there, but I'm, I, I go back and forth on that. But I don't know that it's – here's why I don't think, Bobby. Well, you, you say your – you tell me yours, but I, I don't fully agree. Just because of the cap situation there in here. And it will probably have to be a one-for-one, one, I would think, if you're trying to get equal value back. And I always like the – or – I came around to the idea that you initially pitched of breaking them up into multiple young players and having a more wide impact across that one big salary across multiple different players. That's not always how it's worked in this league, yep. but yep. What, what I think everyone can agree on, and it doesn't undermine how great he is and how much the Celtics need him because I think they need to keep him, and this deal allowed them to keep him in a way that they wouldn't have been able to do without him. But his impact isn't as wide as the Jokic's, the Giannis's, the Lucas, the guys who get this deal. Even going back to Westbrook and Harden you know, at the beginning stage of Steph. These, these elite, elite guys, the true top 15 guys, guys who would have been in All-NBA last year if they were healthy in the case of LeBron and Durant and some of these other guys, they have the impact to make up for as you mentioned there, maybe not the best teammates around them. Uh, you know, injuries, tough situations. I mean, I, again, looking back at the East Finals, it, when Tatum goes down, 
if Brown's making fifty million, you do want a guy, yeah, who's going to be able to step in and do Brown, those things, and he was unable to. Brown went, and that's from, tough. Brown has gone from under Brown has gone from underappreciated to overrated just with the stroke of a pen, you know, and it's not his fault. That's the but at CBA. the same time, you, yeah. you like it because you were able to keep him. I, you I had think no be feeling, choice. Yeah. You, it's, it, it's, it is the absolute right thing for the Celtics to do, but they're going to make every effort to move on from him in two years or a year if they can't do it. Right. Uh, yes, Kess. Kess, you can say anything you want because I miss you. Can you say it's the coach? Yeah. I agree, but see, I, I'm not fine. going there on this I, because I'm not I've criticized Joe. I thought Jalen benefited immensely from playing under Joe last year. He had him in the yeah. right role on offense, defensively. I think they're moving to something closer that's going to make him uh, better on that end. You know, can can Brown live up to the supermax contract? I'm not sure. Uh, they, that's what we're going to figure out here. Uh, if he does, then it's a slam dunk deal. Is he tradable? The reason I think he's tradable, Bobby, is because. Um, most people like there's how many markets can attract free agents? Like not a lot. Boston's not even one, you know, but like you're looking at how many cities that like really are destination cities, four, five, six. Oftentimes those teams struggle with money. They're not the ones with cap space. They're not the ones that are just going to attract those free agents when they do have the space. So they're the ones that might take a swing at a star that they can't get any other way. Um, so I do think there's possibilities there. The problem is the matching, you know, is so significant that you've got to take a ton back. So it, 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 it's hard to find a dance partner, but I think there will be teams that, that would, would line up for his services. I don't yeah. think you're looking it up. I don't think that you're looking at a Beal situation, you know? Oh, certainly not. And he doesn't have that type of protection. He got a little bit with the trade kicker, which – doesn't help him a ton until the later stages of this deal. So, yeah, you're taking pretty much every cent that Brown is making back. And is that one guy, is that star for star? Is there another star out there that you'd feel better about swapping him out for in the future? Uh, I don't think you're doing those deals. I think you're doing the parts deal, you know? Yeah. The the Halliburton. And And that's risky in the NBA. It is, but what what you're basically saying is, I got to reload on the fly a little bit. You know, this plan isn't working. I can't run it into the ground. I can't improve my team any other way. So I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to take an ascending player and maybe a pick or two. And then, you know, a couple other contracts that I can maybe move or clear out in the next year or two, get back under the cap, draft a little bit and see if I can kind of reload on the fly. You might take a half step back here, but again, not, you know, you're still trading him for, and again, let's look at an example. Could, could you trade Jalen Brown for the Mikhail Bridges package, you know, like that Durant went for? Not Maybe not to that extent, but you can come, you know, you might be able to get something like that with a couple of picks and a young ascending star and put yourself in actually better position going forward. Um, so it's possible. It's possible. But Brown has to play well. That, that's the thing is like, it's a double-edged sword. If Brown starts to play worse or if his worst tendencies don't go away, if he doesn't improve over the next two years, he becomes a lot harder to trade because now he's a guy that's not at all worth the money. Yeah, but if he he, still- even if he stays the same. He needs to improve into this deal because what he did, making $30 million a year, was great. There's another level you need to have to reach, as we talked about, because the only guys who make this money are the Currys, Lucas, Giannis's, 
Jokic's Tatum's even. And, you know, Tatum will eventually start making this money. Fortunately, it's not till two years from now, which gives the team a little more wiggle room and flexibility here. But the reason those guys make that mo- make that money is because they're able to do so much. And I like hearing him talk about defense today because he does need to get back to that because he's capable of doing it. And the playmaking, I know you don't have a lot of hope for it. It's hard to at this point just because it's been that shortcoming for him for so long. But there does need to be a you know, double I'm not up saying on it doesn't exist. That. He needs not... to improve somehow, and it's not just about the scoring. So that's the thing is, and so you know, and this is where I'll, I'll I have a slight bone to pick. Um, on this one, everyone's going to be like slight bone to pick. All you do is pick bones with Brown, but it's not. It's just simply you're judging him on a different level. If yeah. Jalen Brown was making 22 million a year, you know, and you just signed him to whatever, I mean, obviously he's a much better player than that. But you know, just you're talking about a guy that you're going to pay this ridiculous amount of money to, and is he a capital S star? And I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Uh, and I think a lot of people around the NBA question whether he is or he isn't um you know that where whether he is that guy but can you think of a player whose game evolved in those types of areas significantly in year eight nine ten you know like you get better you get craftier you get smarter your mentality may change some but is he going to learn to dribble in year eight it's hard to imagine just because Is he all of a sudden going to develop court vision that it looks like he just – that innately he doesn't possess? Like, no. I don't know that. I, I don't know that he can. No, now every player does have a weakness. You know, for Curry, it might be defense. For Jokic, similar. And other guys are varying levels of shooters against each other up at that top echelon. Luca, you have the weight. So there are factors with each guy that draws them back. Um, but it, it's still about that width of impact. And it's about connecting because he doesn't have to be the playmaker. But he and T- Tatum need to connect on a level that's much higher than they are right now because that's willingness, defense. That's willingness. So he needs to control some of the things that he can control, even if that weakness of ball handling still exists for him. Because ideally, if the team's healthy, well, if everybody's there, he won't bear that responsibility, especially on this roster. And it's going to be interesting how it stacks up with Porzingis too, because when those guys are playing together, as I imagine they would be in the second unit, is Brown almost playing off Porzingis a little bit? Yeah, the hope is this, Bobby. That's the hope is, you know, the hope is you don't need them to take 43 shots a game. Yeah. combined you know because you have someone else you can play off of that's what i didn't get last year is like why the volume why was the volume so high when you had more talent around you than you'd ever had you know that that i find odd you know uh and now you've added even more and like in addition to porzingis you also have brogdon and white who've shown ability to create their own shot and knock down shots too you have plenty of capable scorers now um, where that shouldn't be the only area where you could feel that you can uh, help the team. But you did mention defense, and that was my other little bone to pick here. Uh, this was another uh, area from the press conference you wanted to point out. Brown, among other things, was asked you know, uh, about the Marcus Smart situation. I and, love this. And Marcus's departure. Uh, and I think this is the answer uh, to, to that question about kind of the team's identity now that Marcus is gone. Look towards next year. Do you think – this roster has what it takes to win an NBA championship. Of course. 
of course, I'm excited to get started with the journey as well. I think what Kristaps can bring to us defensively, in addition, some of our other guys can bring to us defensively. I want to make sure that's where our, we we hang our hats this year, you know. And that starts with me. That starts with 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 Jason. That starts with guys. Rob, you know, uh, with Mark is gone. You know, we don't want our defensive identity to go out the door as well. Um, so we got to really emphasize that at the start of training camp. I don't know if he did this on purpose, but an extremely clever zoom out. <laughs> from I was looking there too, right as he was saying. I nearly shot out of my chair to, a, bl- to a blinking, to a blinking Joe Mazzula as Brown two seats over is telling him, uh, "We got to learn. We got to get back to playing defense, man." Um, that's fine and good, great. I love thinking <laughs> that. I do, I do. I like thinking that, um, and I like people saying it, but. Every single franchise in the NBA talks about attention. Defense, defense is how we win games. Defense, <laughs> Here great. we go. Everybody says but it. But this team has done we it. Got, we need to – everything starts with our defense. We need to get our defensive identity. And, and, not, and most teams don't mean it. But from Brown's perspective, uh, this – that would be great. I would like to see him do it. You know, and 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 we've gone under this illusion of Brown being this three and D guy, and you know this lockdown defender and guy who can a two way wing. No, he's not. I'm sorry, he's not. He can be, but he's not, and he hasn't been. In fact, yeah, he's never. Start on, huh? He, he's it's... never been. And so, and how do you know this? Because do you remember the game where he shut down James Harden and picked him up full court? Yeah. Why do you remember that game? Because it's set out from the rest. Because it's literally the only time he's ever done that. He's yeah. it's the only time he's done that, which means it's in there, but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't access it, which means that's a choice. And so, yeah, totally. Play you look defense, at his evolution. There's, there's between been more that and his and his lapses off ball, you know, defensively and allowing cutters and falling asleep on stuff and late on rotations. I mean that unbelievable play where he left uh, Harden open in the corner. I mean, that just a brutal lapse of judgment, just not being in the moment there. Like, there's just so he many. He had one like in... that a couple of years ago, too. I think Covington got one off in a Blazers <sighs> game. There's so many holes in his game defensively. I, great, but I want to see that. I want to see a little bit more out of that. That would be great if Brown decided to kind of turn a, lot of the, a little bit of the focus there. But if it's just sm- smokescreen and a lot of bullshit, which I honestly think it is, because this team's <laughs> – because this team's all. So why about do you all- think they're saying that, especially the, a guy in a leadership position like him? Because we heard it there in the playoffs too. I think, an answer. I think if they want to, if they want a title, shooting a bunch of threes, they wouldn't be saying it. But they lost, so they'll point to that as a reason why, instead of just saying like, "Well, we sucked," you know, like, "Well, we <laughs> got to turn up the D. We got to play better. We got to get stops." That's something you could look all around. Um, but. I don't know. I I don't know why they would say that. Maybe part of it is a little dig at Joe of like, yeah, we might've gone too heavy on the offense. Maybe Jalen's thinking, Joe, we don't need off. We don't need to focus on offense. We're good at that. Like I'm good at offense. Chris Tapps is good at offense. Jason's great at offense. So let's, 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 not ignore the the other thing. And the defense can lead to offense, especially for a guy like him. And I think that's going to be, crucial to making it work between Porzingis and him is having a consistent transition game where Porzingis is getting stops and Brown's running out and scoring after those stops. They lacked that last year. Just from conversations in Vegas, I do think 
this team looks back at last year and says, oh man, we didn't force enough turnovers. And I, you know, I was pointing out that number all year, the isolation numbers. Because really they don't pressure. The individual, yeah, the individual efforts across the perimeter. Especially There's no pressure. Play. They get, they paint, they played such passive, such a passive style of defense, Bobby, yeah. you know, this drop coverage. I mean, again, we talked about the percentages, but you're right. Like, my goodness, like the point of it was not to stop people, not to put pressure on them, not to make life hard on them, to make them take the shots you wanted them to take and, yeah. and, and honestly leave them uncontested half the time. You know, like, no, that's a good shot. That's a good shot we took. That's a good shot that they took as far as we're concerned. Right. Forget about and again, it's not all created equal. Yeah, you want people taking long twos, but not completely uncontested ones. These guys can hit free throw jumpers, man. You can't not have a hand in their face. And they just allowed it all season long. Weren't That's pressuring the, the ball. Nothing. It was terrible. Giving up easy switches. They didn't. They weren't hard to play against defensively. So that's a mentality for sure. You have to. You know, if you want to create pressure, you want to create turnovers, you want to be a difficult team to play against, you have to, you know, you got to swarm, you got to switch fast, you got to pressure the ball, you got to make people make quick decisions, you got to close gaps, take away space. They didn't do any of that and none of it. And some of that is coaching. And throw wrinkles for the love of God. Like, look at Spolstra. They gear up for zone and he doesn't play it for an entire game until like one stretch in the fourth quarter, you know, like. Do, change it up some. You want to talk a little bit about, you know, Joe, try something different. Like that's part of it too. Like there's absolutely things that they can do different, both in terms of intensity and in terms of scheme uh, to, to make life different for, you know, dip more difficult for other teams. Yeah. And Joe talked about adding some wrinkles, making some small changes today to the system they ran last year. I think the personnel is better suited to do what they did last year effectively this time around. You know, Horford was in that drop, and he again, he's so short. He's not a shot. He's not a yeah. rim protector. So he had limitations playing that role that Porzingis will fill much more effectively, I think. So I have some optimism in the offense going into next year. I do think they have better assistance to help him coach it up, which I think is going to help too. And finally, today, he admitted that they were inconsistent on that end all year. And that, to me, is progress because – Every single time previously, we asked about the defense last year. Oh, it was number two. Oh, you know, we're number one for these five games. There was just such a defensiveness to the fact that there might have been issues there. Small sample sizes, Bobby. Finally today, uh, he acknowledged it was, you know, sometimes inconsistent last year. So they're turning their head toward it. They're turning their attention toward it. And, yes, you're right, Brown needs to do it instead of just talking about it. Brogdon, too, you know, as much as I love to hear him say it during the playoffs, really struggled defensively last year. Yeah, it goes back to that whole we thing, Bobby. We need to do this. I'm like, who? (laughs) You know? Yeah, and that's so – I just have an uneasiness about this team going into next year because a lot of these issues still remain. Like, and we can get to the smart stuff and, you know, wherever you want to take this next, but I I feel like there's a belief – that just getting rid of smart and taking that big personality out of the room and really giving the keys to Brown and Tatum is just going to allow this group to flourish. But the same issues remain. And in many ways, I think guys like smart, I think guys like Grant help push against some of those natural issues, you know, by bringing a toughness, by bringing a vocal presence or by just a real desire to get the ball moving or making a play. 
everything here still feels a little stagnant to yeah. me. And I don't know how the direction they're choosing here helps solve that. Like when you think of Porzingis' offense, or as you just talked about with the whole defensive system they're running. I think it's just opening up space a little bit. You have to pay more attention to more people. I think that's where it. It, I think that's where you where you where you get where it's going to be better. But you're right. Is you wonder like the fit, like aren't each of these guys guys who just have to have the ball in their hand? But the idea would be that they're gonna have more room to operate because you just can't I, I load think the idea you can't is, load up. Yeah. I think the idea is still that if you just roll the ball out there put all these percentages in the computer and, you know, simulate the season, yep. this team's going to have the best odds to win it all. Which, again, from a team-building standpoint, I get that. Like, again, I'm not opposed but to But how's analytics. it going to look? Right. What's the – what's the pre- how does it actually look? What's the team dynamic? I mean, what's the leadership like? Um, There's you know, no what's leadership. What's it like in the playoffs? But that's the thing is, Bobby, again, why lament, you know, lack or loss of leadership when – the players that were here didn't do enough, didn't do enough to lead anyway. Like if Marcus was the leader, then they needed a different one. Sorry. Like this. But what if he helped it look better than it? But then, but then, so that then, then you are able to diagnose a legitimate problem. It's the, it's these guys and we, and you got to move on. It's better to learn it and figure it out than not. Like if Marcus, if they needed, if this team needed Marcus smart to, to get, if, if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum need up, need somebody there to energize them and to get them to play, they're not the guys. Sorry. Do you have the, uh, do you have the Marcus cut from from the Uh, press? I I thought his, I thought his answer was interesting. I'll see if I have the Marcus cut first. I want to give one shout out um, to Zach. Uh, who I ran into at Patriots training camp today, and he gave a shout out. Um, said he'd be watching tonight. I'm not sure if he is, but if he is, um, what's going on, Zach? He's a fan of the show, and uh, and uh, and said, hey, uh, if I I'll be back at Patriots training camp uh, tomorrow, and Bobby will actually be there a couple days. If you guys are going to camp and you see us, give a shout out. We'll come over and say hi uh, and uh, and chat with you, uh, or you can just yell at us and tell us what you truly think of us, or you know, bring a bring a you know, Bobby sucks sign. Uh, and that's <laughs> fine too. But yeah, no, if you're there and you see us by all means, uh, reach out and say, hi, just wanted to say, Hey to Zach, if he is in fact watching, uh, thanks for reaching out. I do also want to do one other thing, Bobby, before we move on. Um, and I'll tell you what that thing is. Uh, and uh, anybody who does sign up, uh, fill out the form in the chat here and you get a free t-shirt. Um, as travel well. packs big for the summer. I yeah. know a lot of trips are coming up in August. So yeah, go get those. I took mine. I went right to the equator. I went. I, I took a trip to the sun, directly to the to the Earth's core, and uh, and <laughs> yeah. came away came away with this tan. I don't. I don't know what people are surprised by. This is how I get the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and people are surprised that I am very careful on this side with the sunscreen and everything else. So yeah, you're you're not gonna see a ton of color over here. Yeah, don't no, no, expect no. it. Um, so let me see if I have that cut, Bobby. We we're talking about. Uh, I thought he gave a very interesting answer from both perspectives on Marcus, because uh, of course he got asked about the offseason moves. I think he oh JB on Marcus, positive. yeah. And here it is. is his reaction. Here's Brown Marcus. on Marcus. I do have it. Okay. Definitely a lot of big changes. Um, change is not always a bad thing. Um, my brother, my teammate, one of my best friends, is not on the team anymore. Everybody knows it. You know, I learned so much from Marcus. Uh, Marcus has been somebody that's like 
you know, we had, we butted heads at times. We fought. We didn't we didn't did it all. Put each other in headlocks, et cetera. And his journey won't feel the same without him. Um, to be honest, um, but you know, it's a part of life. It's a part of like what you do going forward. And everything that he's instilled into this organization, everything he's instilled into this community is still going to be with us. You know, still carry it with us. So, you know, we're going to wish him well on his, his new journey. Obviously, you know, the city of Boston is going to be, you know, feel the loss that, of his impact when he's no longer here. Um, but we'll be able to, you know, keep moving forward. As an aside, I'll say, Wick Grousebeck has, has <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Wick, Wick has experimented with a few different um, hairstyles. I will say that he's found it with this. That is the perfect Wick length hair, and that's what he should stick with right there. Wick was glowing today. Yeah. One of those days. Yeah. You know, those days where he doesn't want to be around. <laughs> yeah. What, the Danny Brad day a couple years ago? But today was a day Wick had to be there front and center. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's where we're at uh, with Jalen. But that's a good answer. Honestly, I love that answer because it's very honest. You got the guys there who traded him right next to you, you know, and you're like, yeah, that sucked. I hated that. But it's fine. That's the business. And he handles it in a big boy way. But it was a really open and honest answer um, about smart. And also for what it's worth, I think helped um, – kind of put it all together for people that always questioned what was going on behind the scenes because it very much was a brother relationship. The fact that he admits that they actually fought, <laughs> that they would get into headlocks, that they went at it, and that, but it was all based off of love, tells you a lot about that dynamic because people kind of wondered, like, is JB all set with Smart? And yeah, the reality is probably there were times he was all set with him. But I think it all came back to, love and respect and blah, 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 and all of that stuff. I'm sure there are times he's like, shut the F up, Marcus. You know, like, so yes, if you saw it and you thought you saw something, chances are you probably did. But the real story behind it kind of, I think is what he said here is, yeah, we were like brothers, legit like brothers. We fought, but we loved each other. Yeah, It still doesn't mean, it still doesn't mean that they won't be better off without him. And that the fact that like, it might be hard to say bye because of the sentimentality of it all. But the reality is it they might be better off uh, apart. But we don't know. We'll see. The line that stuck out to me was that not all change is bad. And yep. emphasizing how much Porzingis can help. He Bingo. sounded to me like he approved of the move. He was way into Porzingis. I think he's totally lit up talking about him as well and how good he can be. Yeah. Yep. And there might, there might be that sense in there that, as you said, let's see how this goes. You know, let's let's take the keys to this. We're ready. We're capable of leading not only on the court but off. And I think Jalen's always had the confidence in that. And Marcus was always going to be the guy who used his voice in a louder way and made a more aggressive move on the court to go get the ball and do something. I mean, how many games did we look at where Marcus would shoot more than Jalen? More so a few years ago. Again, but, but that's it would happen. That's because the Celtics' offensive identity uh, and the way teams were playing them, knowing that Brown and they loaded up on Brown and Tatum. In crunch and time, especially, right? We had the numbers. That. They would force that issue. And why are you getting smart shots late in the clock? Because the other team willed it so. Uh, and that's just the reality of things. That's why you would get those late. Yeah, and I'm obviously not thrilled with this deal still. 
But that's the greatest argument for it is that now you don't have that situation late in games, which alongside ball control became this team or these, these two biggest problems on this team last year was they're playing crunch time, folding offensively in those moments and the ball control, which, you know, smart played a role in that too. I, I thought he was a steady ball control guy for them, but if he was going to completely solve that problem, uh, they'd be in a much better place by now. But you know, Smart's departure should send a message to Brown specifically. Even in signing this extension, we talked about earlier in the show, it's not a guarantee he'll be here through 2029. In many ways, this is, along with the Porzingis edition, a moment of urgency because the team can pivot in a couple of directions here. If it goes amazing these next couple of years and Tate and Brown make these leaps into their next contracts and just keep getting better and better and they're the reason why they win, They'll probably trade Porzingis, right, to make the money work. But if, as we said, you're testing now. Marcus is gone. You can't blame Marcus anymore. Same problem still exists with these two leading the team. At that point, you do have Porzingis here on a three-year deal as that second star. And you can look into what additional pieces you might be able to get for Brown here. Because money-wise, to me, John, going back to the Porzingis deal and now this extension, it doesn't add up to me. Like, there's got to be a limit for this. And all the credit in the world to Wick. We didn't think he was – we didn't think he had the stomach for this. And he, he ha- did last year, and now he's committing $600 million to Tatum and Brown. But they have some outs if they want to pivot in different directions here and downsize salary-wise. And it seems like they already tried to with Brogdon. And yeah. we can get to him before we get out of here. But yeah, um, all in all – this should be a sense of urgency among Brown. Well, specifically Brown, I'd say to make this work and solve the issues from last year, because this isn't six years. Here you go. Six years, Tatum and Brown This, you know, figure it out sometime and then we'll be all right. It's a year or two here. We'll ask you this. So here it is. This is the last million dollar question and we'll move it out. Does he finish out this contract in Boston? I'd say the heavy betting odds would be no, but um, how, what do you think? I mean, how uh, how long will he be here? Oh, it's really tough to say today. Yeah, the odds are no. I, I do think, though, at their core, they really want to make this work. Again, they've tried yeah. everything, everything except addressing these two. And they took a long look at Durant last summer, and I know the price was massive. And they, they said, no, we love these guys. They're young. They're dynamic. They're scoring 30 points every night together. And – they took us to four out of six yeah. East finals. So I think like everything in their being wants to make it work with these two, but yeah. it just depends how you yeah. feel about their ability to win a title over the There's next another- year or two. Like doesn't the heat turn up immediately if they lose in the East finals again this year? It does. The other problem is that the, this is where the drafting killed them and the no picks killed them because the only way you can possibly build around a team with this many expensive stars is to have drafted well um, and have players making uh, big contributions on rookie deals. Um, and right now they have none of those. So another way to get a little cheaper is, you know, if they hit on a player or two over the next couple of years, let's say that Golden State pick ends up pretty good, then you can start to look at moving the other pieces you know right. like when brought when brogdon when you know when brogdon's not here anymore uh with with horford potentially 
you know, I don't think you need to trade Derek White because I think that that's going to be a tremendous value at his contract right now, the way he's playing. But you can move on from some if you have younger, cheaper players that will allow you to be there. But the reality is they're just not going to go into repeat, uh, you know, second apron offender land and start to get heavily, heavily penalized uh, for, for, for very long. I just don't think they'll allow it to happen. So they win. I win. I think win or lose, they have to make some choices and some changes soon in a couple of years. Yeah, and they do have a decent. They'll eat it for a year. They'll eat it. They'll eat it for one year, and then that's it. Depending on how they do. Yeah. Like if they excel, I think they obviously will start paying more and figure out how to do that. Just exactly more together here if this proves to be the right mix. But you're gonna find out quickly whether this three these three guys can play together, uh, whether Brown and Tatum's shortcomings continue to hold the team back um, or whether there's just a holdover effect to some of the shock of this offseason, which I wouldn't rule out either. Again, John, I still think there's going to be a sense of walking into the locker room next year, looking around and be like, whoa, Smart's really gone. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> weird. And Grant, because he was such a vocal presence, you couldn't not notice him, you know, like you'd go to shoot around. And these are guys they beat up on. Like, yeah. it'd be, oh, it's, shut up, Grant. Oh, it's like Smart's taking the fall again tonight from all the fans. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you lost, whether, whether, whether it's leadership or not, you definitely lost personality and part of the character of the team. It uh, doesn't mean it can't be better and doesn't mean that they, they can't be better, but you did lose something there. Last question I'll ask before we wrap it here. Will Romeo Langford find a home in the NBA? <laughs> It, it it probably happens at some point during the season, uh, maybe even a training camp invite here. But I don't know what better opportunity would he have gotten than playing a lot of minutes for the Spurs under Popovich. <laughs> that was your golden ticket for him to make it, and they just let him go. He they had restricted rights on him. They could have got him on a really nice deal, and they just said, "Nah, see ya." <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've got a spot for you, Romeo, if you want to come back. But uh, we're going to wrap it. But again, Celtics make a move to summarize. Yeah. Is it going to work? Nobody knows. Was it the right move? 100%. It's inarguable. There was no other option at this point. There, there was one other thing I want to ask you about out of today. Oh, yeah. Brogdon. Oh, yeah. It, can you put that back in the in the bottle? The Yeah, I mean, he's a pro. Distress. I yeah, mean, look, I, Joe, Joe about alluded here? to a little bit of a healing process being necessary there and getting back on the same page. We're, of course, worried about the injury as well, creeping up in the training camp. I mean, you're asking this question at a press conference for a guy whose name was mentioned in trades for seven for six straight years. So yeah. can Brogdon get over it? Yeah, I think so. Because ultimately, what's his choice? Like, pout? and what demand out of a really good situation he's making <laughs> you know he's, he's he's getting paid and he's in a really good situation and a chance to win um you know on the back nine of his career you know as he's starting to kind of get to a point where you know you don't know how many more opportunities you have how many more good contracts you'll be able to sign so i mean brogdon will figure it out i that reminded me i uh, i wrote up the Sox game last night and uh core was talking about pavetta and moving to the bullpen and he was like what was he just gonna quit <laughs> he didn't love it but yeah. he's getting paid and he's here <laughs> that, I, I gotta tell you this that's always been as, as an aside one of my great beefs uh, with baseball players in general is this notion of like knowing your role like just it happens when, a little bit in basketball too when i point to you you go pitch like that's that it's that i don't care if it's the fifth sixth eighth ninth just 
get the guys out. You know, like, what are we, what are you worried about? You start, you finish, you this, you that, just play. It's so strange. Like, I really want to know when I'm getting, what are you going to do? Like, you know, like do crossword puzzles for the first six innings because you know you don't get used before. Just get your head in the game and be ready to play. I, I, that Pavetta stuff, I thought, just was like, come on. I have my. I get on. it between starter and relievers because you yeah. you feel like it's the starters a big boy position. Sure. I have my eye on the Brogdon situation just because they not only weren't the doorstep of dealing him, but it felt like they were still trying to get him out of there for money reasons or whatever it might have been. And maybe they'll continue to do so. Like, I wouldn't rule that out completely, even with it, some of the Was reporting. it Missoula on Brogdon? Yeah. All right, I'll uh, play it. Have you had discussions with Malcolm in terms of him being almost traded and now having a big role coming back? And what are those conversations? Uh, we got, uh, you know, the organization's had a few conversations. I think anytime you're in a situation like that and you're in a relationship, you just have to take small steps into it. Um, you know, there's a healing process, there's a listening process, and there's a process towards this is where we're at and where we have to get to it. So uh, we've had some conversations as an organization, but at the same time, we understand the situation that it was. And, um, you know, as the healing process goes on, we'll continue to just move forward, you know, as well as we can. Is it possible? Is he it might just have just po- throwing words, words think, around, but... <laughs> I, I think that's just Joe just using words because they sound like the words you're supposed to use. But I don't believe... You know, I, I don't Taking believe there's a face value though. Made it seem like all right, they're working on a situation right now. Like the, he's not. I, I think I think Joe created a situation by just trying to trying to sound <laughs> smart. I don't know what he did there. I, I but no, yeah. people were shocked when I when I put that tweet out there. It was like, oh, there's a problem here on the Brogdon front. I will I, say though, I have my eye. My on my read <laughs> hearing it is that Joe's just saying words. You know. <laughs> You know, the way he does, and I, he's not very, he's, you know, we've heard him stumble and be inarticulate before when he tell you know, the family and like talking about, the, you know, death and that's what it's all about. And like, I don't think that's what he meant to say. So I think the expressed feeling, I think, I think the sentiment is I want to make him feel as welcome as possible because I don't want anybody to feel unwanted here. We love this guy. Yeah. And, but he ended up saying all of these things, but I, I really don't think, <laughs> I, I really don't think it's as big a deal as, as those words, <laughs> you know, as you said, Bobby, right away, it's like, that might've just been words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the healing, what are you saying? The healing, uh, the healing process. Yeah, and then some have... people were tweeting me. They're like, "Are they talking about his arm or the the emotions?" Yeah, me too. I was like, "Yeah, that, that, that might have just been words." No, but I have my eye on it just because. And Joe announced today. Obviously, it wasn't a surprise to anyone. But White's going to start at point guard. Uh, Tatum and Brown are obviously starting, and he also said they're going to go double big this year. So Rodman's coming off the bench again. Something he expressed that he didn't love last year wasn't easy for him, even though he goes on one six man. You have Pritchard in the running here. You've run another guard. I just – I have my eye on it, of course, because he's coming into the year injured as well. And, you know, he got asked about the injury. And Joe, of course, is just like, yeah, you know, as far as I know, he's fine. <laughs> but That's I don't know. It's, it's something to watch. No, it's just words. We know, John. We're all waiting for, like, a week before training camp. Oh, Brogdon might need a little procedure. You know, something like that. Like, it, you haven't heard from him. You're waiting for that, like, concrete injury know. update. Yeah, exactly. Like, where does he – because he's important, right? Smart's yeah. gone, so he's even more important. You know, they didn't bring in another guard. Unless you feel great about Pritchard. 
Some so people do. Be you guys, lineups. I'm, I'm lumping you together with everybody. You guys wanted more Pritchard. You're getting more Pritchard. I am a little intrigued by more Pritchard. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's what I'm. He's intrigued playing by. for USA Select Team. I know. Here's what I'm intrigued <laughs> by. Yeah, it's the yeah, like you know. Here's what I'm intrigued by. Having no choice, unless you're going to play a playoff rotation all frigging year, having no choice but to lean in and play some imperfect players who give you things that are useful, like shooting, play your Hauser minutes, play your Pritchard minutes and live with the consequences. Don't coach and play scared all year. I mean, they beat the crap out of their starters through the regular season playing them playing Horford 40 minutes like just use the players and make it work give them eight and ten minutes find 10 minutes a night for these guys 12 minutes it's not that crazy you know and when they do they only do it in the first half and then never again just play them just play them see what happens and, and then move on right so yeah that was a anyway. big gripe we had with him last year it, it drives me Horford nuts especially yeah. Frost is pretty well built to do that this year, though. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap. Um, uh, we'll we'll have more later in the week. Uh, but, you know, quiet part of the season. We'll still be doing garden reports throughout the year leading up to that first, um, you know. I'm so uh, glad this didn't drag in August. Yeah. It would have gotten interesting. We do have a lot of Patriots coverage. You'll have Bobby Manning going down there and reporting from Foxborough a little bit on the side. You might even see Bobby doing some Red Sox coverage for, between Boston Sports Journal and even CLNS Media. So, don't sleep I'm on Bobby. To leave a little bit, John. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can watch him now, which yeah. is all I asked for. But yeah. Yeah. They've been uh, exciting lately. Uh, but thank you guys for hanging out uh, on this random Wednesday, uh, and uh, thank you again to our sponsors, FanDuel, America's number one sports book, uh, and AG One. Drink AG One uh, and uh, take advantage of the special offer. Uh, 